As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Tim Howard and Maria Spears. They're going to come on and co-host this show with me today. We're going to have a great conversation mm-hmm. Now, BC Nation, you may have remembered either or both of their names because they have been previous guests on this show. They've been, they did such a tremendous job, I think, of adding value to you, to your life, to me personally, uh, that we wanted to have them back on the show. And we have a very special intention. They wrote a book together. They collaborated on this new book called The Mirror Book. And uh, we're going to speak about what it actually looks like to design your life or redesign your life um, authentically the way God intended it uh, Mm -hmm. to be lived out. Okay. And so many times, like, you know, this, you know, that maybe you're not living to your best uh, design the way the creator intended. Okay, we've all been there. And maybe you even are one step past and you have the intention of living out that design. But just maybe you have no idea where to begin. And I think that's common for a lot of us is like, okay, I finally have the desire put in my heart by God to take this serious, to really lean in to his plan and align with it, my decisions. But where do I start? How do I begin? How do I get rid of some of the let's just call it skadooge or mess that I've created in my life. <laughs> Isn't that a fun word? Skadooge. I picked up that word years ago and I use it, you know, without restraint because it's fun. Okay. So Tim, uh, let's start with you first and then Maria will switch over to you. But Tim, uh, just refresh us a little bit of your background, brother. Like what makes you qualified to help others design their lives the way God intended. Well, my background um, was an army officer as a young man, went in the corporate world, been an entrepreneur and small business owner many times, and really became kind of a transformational leader of different organizations. And um, along the way, I had an opportunity, my second master's program went through a course kind of around applied behavioral science and some of the ideas that first came forth for this book were uh, derived from some of the teaching and um, 
So got into the coaching space in recent years, really at Maria's urging. Uh, she was coaching women and she's the one who first introduced me to the man school, which last time I was on the show with you, Joseph, we spoke at length about. So, and uh, Maria was an inspiration to me in the way she was living her life. And I asked her if she would collaborate along with me a, a book project that I had started before, but and had a co-author previously that just couldn't get in the writing process. So Maria came along that journey with me. And I'm so honored that uh, to have her as a friend and to be collaborating with her in this project. Thanks for that, Tim. You know, it's so important to have that mentor or that guide to move you, whether it be one step or multiple steps further or, uh, you know, in the calling that God has on your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing to be open and available, I think. Um, to God placing that mentor for this season into your life and not missing them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like Maria was that person, is that person for you. So that's pretty awesome. So BC Nation, let's find out who this gal Maria is. And she's got some <laughs> exciting, awesome news of what God's been doing in her life. Maria, tell us about you. Why are you qualified to co-author this book, <laughs> The Mirror? Yeah. So I, I don't think I am qualified, but I think that's why it works is because the Lord is qualified. And so I think mm. just the whole process of um, I, background have been, uh, gosh, been doing ministry, speaking, singing um, internationally for over 20 years now and um, have been working in the health and fitness nutrition world and did a lot of coaching in, in that sphere. And I've done a lot of mentorship over the years and unofficial coaching, although like health coaching that my, my clients would always be like, you're basically our life coach. And, and at first in, you know, I was like, oh gosh, no, that's way too much pressure to be someone's life coach. And my understanding, it's like is, I, I barely got my own life. <laughs> right, I'm like, right. like, heck no, that's <laughs> Don't ask me to take responsibility for that. And then a coach friend of mine, she actually, she said, Marie, she said, you would be so good. She said, I I don't think you understand what a coach does, like a a mindset coach or life coach. She said, we just are, we're someone who's outside of their mind, really helping them to see all all those peripherals, all those things that when you're in your own little space, your own world, you're going to miss it. You need someone who's outside of that. Right. And she's like, you get really good at asking questions and you, you're helping them to have an, have an awareness, right? And so I think that's also, as Catholics, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us too, right? Is he helps to bring that awareness. And so if you you bring that into the context of your coaching and writing and all of that, it creates an awesome space to help people, number one, have hope that they can change their life. But number two, recognize that's why you can write books or be on podcasts or speak or doing those things because it's not just up to you. You've got the Holy Spirit who's going to work through through your yes um, to hopefully, God willing, create some beautiful impact. Mm. You know, thanks for clearing that up for a lot of people, right? What is coaching? Like, why do I actually need it? And yeah. to your point, um, sometimes we're all too close to our own problems to see through them. Yeah. Uh, the possibilities that are right there, that get the doors that God has unlocked and waiting for you to knock and ask mm-hmm. right, and open. And, uh, you know, just the, the ability to walk alongside mm-hmm. um, other believers and uh, non-believers as well, and maybe lead totally. them to faith and, uh, you know, be able to, to not show up in the role of coach with as, as someone who has all the answers mm-hmm. to their life or to their problems, but rather to 
ask leading questions that guide them to their own answers, the own, their own solutions, or how God has quietly been whispering in their hearts and they just haven't right. been hearing. Yeah. Is that a fair way to kind of sum up that? I think that's a fair way. And I think also we, we all need someone who's walking alongside of us. You know, we all need, in, in personal training, I always, always notice was you had people who they knew what to do to lose weight. They knew what to do, right? But they needed either the accountability mm-hmm. or the encouragement. Right. And you, you have a couple of people who didn't, but I mean, heck, you can look up a YouTube video and find it. Right. So whether it's in workout or whether it's just in life, we all need someone who's going to walk alongside you, who can help you to see a little bit more, who can hold your hand in certain places, who can encourage, who can be essentially like, you know, we're meant to be Christ's hands and feet and his heart and his love and his voice to people. So it's, a, it's really a way of accompanying people that every one of us needs. And so whether it's a coach or a spiritual director or a counselor or just a dear friend, like we all need that. I agree. And I also want to say, you know, about this whole qualified bit, people, you know, I'm not qualified to accompany others along the journey because I don't even have my own mess worked out. Right. Yeah. Um, listen, it's not about being qualified. Right. As Maria reminded us, God is the one that's qualified. We're not. But God did not disqualify you, which leaves you in this very interesting place of taking action or don't, right? And, and that's a decision, right? Uh, so if God has not disqualified you, you still got to play in the game, people, right? You can't ride the sidelines in your life. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about designing our lives or redesigning our lives. Where do you want to start? Go for it, Tim. <laughs> yeah, we can. the The subtitle of the Mirror Book is Seven Steps to Reflect the Life You Want," and um, the R of the Reflector Crossick is to recognize the power to change. So the first thing is to realize is that we have the ability, or the Holy Spirit working through us, to make significant change in our life. And the underlying theme of that chapter there, Maria alluded to earlier, is a sense of hope. Like we may be at a really challenging spot in life right now. Um, but there's hope that it could be different and to get intentional about taking some action, as you mentioned, to make changes. So the, the seven steps, we kind of lay out a method, um, an approach to doing so to, you know, apply these principles into your life to make significant change and that truly reflect the life that you want for yourself. You know, what has God called you to be? What are those desires of your hearts? What are those dreams of your life that are meant to be shared with the world? Because, only you are you. And he, he doesn't necessarily call the equipped, but he equips the called. And that's when we step out in faith into the calling that God has over our lives. And then we get into action. It starts to get clarifying. What, what, what are we meant to be? What is our purpose? How are we supposed to bring glory and honor to God in how we live out our life? If I could dig deeper in that first one, um, you know, finding our calling, hearing our calling, clarifying our calling is a struggle for many people. Mm -hmm. I know it was for me for multiple years. So it's one thing to say, hey, here's what you need to do. Oh, okay. Right. And then you go to do it and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Okay. I'm just going (laughs) to quit and go back to being busy somewhere else or doing something else that I actually feel control over because I feel a complete loss of control in finding my calling. What are successful ways that you both teach others to hear their calling from God? I think one of those ways is that I really encourage, I work with a lot of single women 
And one of the things we talk about is many times you have different missions at different seasons, right? So, you know, some of my mission when I was singing single look different, looks a little different than it does now being married. Right. Or when I was in my twenties, it looked different than my third. Like there was different seasons, um, that there was different missions. And so I think some of those questions are starting to look, what are the gifts that I have? What are the things that I just naturally geared to? We know that grace acts on nature. So what are those things that I naturally enjoy, that I'm good at, that um, that kind of light a fire that, gosh, like I wish the world knew X. What is that, right? And so starting to dive in, there's um, actually a really great PDF that I love to send to some of my coaching clients. It's like a hundred and something questions that to, to discover like, what, what is my mission right now? Or what, what is that something that I want to start to pursue? And so that's, again, to me, that's one of the beautiful things with coaching is asking questions because sometimes we don't even know what are the questions mm -hmm. that I need to answer to discover that. Right. And then the second part of that, okay, so here's some of the questions I'm starting to answer our brain likes to be safe. Our brain likes what it knows, what feels steady. Okay, I know this, I'm used to this. So whenever you step out of that safety place that your brain is used to, it's gonna feel scary. It's gonna be like, I nope, I'm just gonna go right back to where I was, wasting my time, whatever. Even if you're not wasting your time, but I'm gonna go back to what I know. Even, and it, it, it's interesting too, because we will typically stay in a really painful space, even if it's painful because it's comfortable and we're, we, we know it. Mm -hmm. And so our brain says, well, even though if I step out of this in the long run, it'll be less pain. This is still more comfortable because I, because I feel like I'm not going to die here. <laughs> and <laughs> so um, there's this quote that a lot of times for us, the point of change comes when our, the, the pain of staying the same is greater than the fear of the pain of change. And right. so getting our brain to, okay, I know this is uncomfortable. Let me take this just act of courage and step into that, right? Um, which again, and I, I know I, I talk so much about, and both Tim and I do about the importance of coaching, but I know we've experienced the power of that in our, our own lives. And we've seen it with our clients. I mean, lives are transformed, but it's also having someone say, hey, you can do this. You, you can do that. Like God's given you the grace. Now you get to step into that. And then maybe you're checking out, hey, did you do what you said you were gonna do, right? You, you said you're interested in X, Y, Z. Did you make that phone call? Did you send that email? Did you apply for that, right? And so it, it's it's exploring and then taking a step. You don't have to take all the steps. It's taking one step. Like you have enough grace for today, for this moment. I, I like what you said there as far as the uncomfortable feeling, that awkward feeling, that uneasy yeah. feeling uh, that comes naturally. It's part of the process of stepping yeah. into the calling God has for us, but our brain reject, rejects it as if it's bad, it's abnormal, it's wrong. Go right. back to what was safe, like you said, um, and the comfort of the pain that we've learned to tolerate and control. So it's predictable, uh, but moving into the unknown is unpredictable, uncontrollable, <laughs> and scares the heck out of us. So this uh, past week, um, uh, my best buddy, he was like, hey, I want to go to Bush Gardens, bring the family and stuff. And uh, so that's a theme park down here in the South. And he's like, I want to ride uh, the brand new fastest roller coaster they got. And I'm not a huge roller coaster guy, but he is, my wife is, but she's about to deliver a baby. So she was out. So I was the only <laughs> logical uh, partner on the roller coaster. 
And, uh, you know, I had this mix of feelings, right? It was split down the middle before I got on the thing. And uh, it was a feeling of excitement and enthusiasm, like, I'm going to ride this thing. This is going to be awesome. And then there was this uneasy feeling of, like, anxiousness. Mm -hmm. And it's dancing in that place of both those emotions together, married together, that I think we find um, the calling we find, uh, the new possibility, but we got to walk through the hard Yes, that comes mm-hmm. with those two emotions. Yeah. We, I have a, a print from Rhea. She gave me a few years ago. It says, be fearless in pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. And, you know, having that really strong, compelling reason why we want to go for something, um, you know, I'm a former Army Airborne Ranger, and you know, one of the ideas is that, you know, courage isn't not having fear. Courage is stepping out when you're afraid to accomplish the objective, mm-hmm. and um, that I think gets a lot of people stuck. The second E of the reflector acrostic is energize your mind towards that which you intend to be. So it's like getting clear with yourself around who do I want to become? Where do I want to go? Um, I've got to take some risk. I, I was sharing with a group of other coaches recently, this idea that, you know, in the military to gain ground, you got to get out from behind the tree. You're going to get shot at. But darn, it's thrilling. Say, it is yeah. thrilling. So you say drive on <laughs> and draw a fire. If you're doing something as a leader or a coach or a father or whatever, if you're if you're making positive change, it's going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to get some feedback. Sometimes it doesn't feel real good as you work on getting better and better at whatever it is you're attempting to accomplish. Now, with the the second part of this energizing, right, like is part of energizing surrounding yourself with people that energize you and only doing things that bring you energy and getting rid of the energy suckers or takers. I got to let Maria speak to this because the C of the reflect acrostic is clarify your inner circle. And I am exactly literally it. jumping ahead of y'all. <laughs> no, so. that's okay. Maria. <laughs> we'll jump all over. Jump. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, growing up, we always heard you become like the people you hang with. Our parents were really big on, you know, be careful who your friends are. Like you will become like the people you, you hang out with. And we know that, you know, you are the average of the top five people that you spend the most time with. You will subconsciously take on the stuff that they do, you know? And so being really intentional with who are you spending your time with regularly, right? We're not saying never go see aunt Sue who sucks all the energy. We're not saying, you know, don't ever be around people who, you know, are just going to like kind of drag you down in some capacity here and there. That's fine. But if all your time is around negative Nancy, if all your time is around you know, those people are just pulling that down. You will be heavily influenced by that, right? The same is true with, are you hanging around people who are working on virtue? Are you hanging on with people who are like, I know this is uncomfortable. I'm stepping into that uncomfortable space and scary space, right? Are you stepping around people who you want to become like, or are you around people who, well, I don't really want to be like them, but it's, it's comfortable, right? So just being like really clarifying who are the people that I, I want to be intentional with spending time with because that will impact, it'll impact your marriage, it'll impact your relationships, it will impact your work, it will impact your thoughts, your mental space, emotional space, your spiritual space, like all of that. So being intentional about that part is really, really important. So Maria, yeah, 
I agree. <laughs> and I actively guard my inner circle. I was at an event uh, just recently where someone in my inner circle met me there, flew in, et cetera, and yeah. behaved in a certain way that made it very clear our relationship and where it stood. And God revealed to me that that seat that he, this gentleman has been occupying yeah. uh, needs to be released. Totally. So that okay. God could bring someone of higher value into that seat. So mm -hmm. that was awesome. That was a gift. And I've mm -hmm. had these conversations with these, you know, people in my life before where I, I call it a completion conversation where mm -hmm. uh, I'm not dumping you. We're not ending the relationship. You're not a piece of garbage that I'm disposing of. That doesn't feel good to anyone on the receiving mm -hmm. end. But instead, I'd like to complete this part of our relationship. I'd like to continue our relationship. You're an awesome person, amazing person. But I want to complete this part of the relationship, the friendship part of the relationship, or the dating part of the relationship, the romantic part of the relationship. Or I want to complete the business part of the relationship because it's just not working. It's yeah. just not work. There's no workability there any longer, right? And I've learned that this has really um, been very successful in keeping the other person on the receiving end elevated in their human dignity. Yeah. At the same time, me achieving the end state or end goal of completing that, emptying that seat, creating a vacancy in my inner circle, and then bringing someone uh, yeah. who's going to pour back into me the way yeah. I've been pouring into them. So I just want to add that to the conversation. And then I have a, a very uh, controversial question. <laughs> go for it. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. Let's go. All right. So controversial question. Uh, what you just brought up is, is true. It's powerful. Many of us know that, that we need to guard our inner circle who we spend the most time with, right? Eventually, they influence, influence us more than we influence them, right? We're outnumbered, so to speak. That being said... I have someone very close to me, near and dear, and I brought this concept up to her uh, mm -hmm. very recently, actually. And she's a very holy woman, right? Really pursuing sainthood, sanctity, holiness in her life. And she's such a giver, such a lover. She's also in chronic pain 24-7 with a, an illness that God allowed in her life um, mm -hmm. for many years. And she offers that up for, you know, the souls of others and their suffering, etc. So just like a very awesome, amazing, godly person. She sees it as her ministry, though, to surround herself with all those negative mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. that are takers, unfortunately, mm -hmm. not givers. That's probably why their lives are going the way they are. Yeah. And they're dependent on her. And she somehow like tries to absorb it and, and just, you know, deflect it all to God, all that heaviness you spoke about. Is mm -hmm. this healthy? Is this unhealthy? Is this a caveat to this, mm -hmm. this truth that we're bringing? Like, Help us with that yeah. because I know there are many good Christian people out there that struggle with people pleasing and bringing spirituality or religion into, well, we're meant to serve all yeah. these victims, all these people. Right. And if I have to take the hits all the way, well, that's what God calls us to do. I, I just lead a life of pain and suffering. Right. Do you know, do you know what I have found is that there's a lot of unhealthy codependence in a lot of Christianity mm -hmm. and, and we, and we make 
a wound, codependency or people pleasing, we make those things, we translate it as, oh, actually, this is just me serving God. Hmm. Instead of actually saying, wait a second, I'm not meant to be the savior. No matter what, like, it doesn't matter. Like my job is not to be the savior. That's God's, right? He didn't create you. Like, yes, there was Good Friday. Absolutely. There was Holy Saturday, but there was also Easter Sunday. You know, Jesus wasn't suffering 24 seven, right? And I'm not saying, you know, we, there are people that the Lord hasn't invited where there is great physical suffering and I'm not diminishing any of that because the Lord uses all of our offerings, right? And all of the situations we find ourselves in. And I'm not saying whether she's right or wrong in that, right? My question to her would be, is this about because you feel like you're getting a sense of worth mm. because these people are depending on me and I'm taking on their, so I feel like I'm important and I'm kind of earning my love or, or earning God's love or earning their love and appreciate. So I'm, I have a, a seat of honor in a sense, you know, internally, because many of us, we can unconsciously be subconsciously doing that. And it's actually from a space of woundedness, mm. not from a place of this is God's call. Right. And so there was a, there was a season in my life where I felt like, well, I'm just supposed to kind of live this suffering life because I guess whatever, whatever, this is just what is, there was a pretty big season of suffering in my life for a little bit. And I was like, well, I guess it, and, and had someone speak some very blunt truth that actually, <laughs> the way you're thinking about that is causing so much suffering. The fact that you think that you're taking that on you, like your rule is not to do all the suffering. Like that's, that's actually like, yes. Like if there's suffering that comes along, okay, here, Lord, right. Open our hands, let him, but is it because you're trying to, trying to be that suffering servant versus Lord, here's, I'm just your humble servant right? Here's my hands open. And that means I'm open to the joy and the beauty. And I'm not going to be able to help all of them because constantly surrounding myself with them is actually becoming a space of codependency rather than uplifting mm -hmm. and elevating, you know, the, like the joy of the Lord is, is our strength. So is there joy in that place? If not, wait a second, you know, is there hope in those places? Okay. If not, wait a second, like what is the driving force underneath there. And so I think I, my question would just be really drawing out some questions there uh, because many times, and especially for some reason, it's so prevalent in the Christian world. And I've seen a lot in the Catholic world um, and, and even with my Christian brothers and sisters that we are actually inflicting a lot of pain on ourselves mm -hmm. that the Lord's not asking us to do because of our own personal wounds that we actually just don't even realize need healed. Mm -hmm. Preach, that's, preach. That's my thought, Tim. You may have some other thoughts on that. But. Well, I was, I was just thinking about how, uh, and this was an awareness I gained several years ago, is like, you know, sometimes in in serving, is our, our motivation correct? So am I serving because I truly have a heart of giving others and, and doing, being the hands and feet of the Lord, or am I seeking external validation? It's like, am I doing this because people are going to think better of me or I'm going to get, or I'm going to receive something back. If that's the case, then my heart for serving is not truly where it should be. Mm. And that's where, as, as Maria spoke to it, there could be some, something unhealthy, some old wounding. There should be, could be something that I feel the need to do this for me rather than truly serving 
the Lord. And, you know, it's like uh, Mother Teresa in Calcutta. I mean, the, the things that she did and the, and the sisters did in, in helping people is like, if their heart wasn't right about their, they could never do what they did. They could yes. never deal with the level of suffering that they were encountering. But they knew just as, uh, you know, Maria spoke to that they were, they're drawing on the strength of the Lord, not their own strength in order to do that. And they were doing it for the good of people, not for their own good. I agree with you on that as well, that, you know, Jesus says, you know, father looks at the motives of the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes those motives are conscious, they're intentional, and sometimes they're unconscious, like Maria was saying, where there's old wounds there, we don't even know, need to be healed, God wants to heal and set us free from. And I think this is important, BC Nation, you know, if you struggle with this controversial question that I brought up, <laughs> uh, in any way, do what Jesus says. You will know them by their fruits. Mm -hmm. I think this is important. Mother Teresa and her sisters uh, had undeniable good fruit coming mm -hmm. through the suffering work that they were doing for the poor and suffering. Mm -hmm. The fruit was undeniable, so much so that the secular world, the non-believers, were like, who are you? How are you doing this? Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. And she earned a right to sit at the tables with kings because of that fruitfulness, right? So, you know, to anyone who's struggling with this, if the people around you that you're serving, you're helping, you're enabling are not getting better, they're not transforming, they're not turning to God, they're not seeing light eventually in their darkness, but they're just living in this chronic perpetual place of pain and suffering and victimhood, that's the fruit. And it's bad. It's bad fruit. Yeah. It's bad fruit, which means what you're doing is not working or it's not of God. So you right. got to shift and find where is workability in this. And I think that's, I just wanted to add that. Thank you for taking on that controversial question that had nothing to do with the mirror bar. <laughs> but oh, didn't that's it? That's a good question. Uh, well, listen, well, it, that's, it, that's a stumbling block. That's a stumbling block for yeah. people. And I like to bring light into the darkness so that it loses power over people. That's why I brought that up. All right, what do you want to go next? Well, it, it does. It does actually relate back to uh, the mirror book. So in the T chapter, we talk about thoughts are key, and I'm I'm trying to find the scripture. Uh, but we talk about you know different ways to think about things, you know, and, and it's kind of like the fruits of the spirit is one way to look at it, but it's also like are our thoughts, um, are we thinking about the goodness of others? Are, are they healthy thoughts? Are we thinking about uh, from a place of love that is truly just giving? Not when love? I'm driving in traffic, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like, am, am I thinking in a way that's uplifting, encouraging, inspiring, both for me and for the other person that I'm interacting with? Um, and Maria, you could speak to this while I'm, I'm going to find the scripture reference yeah. while you guys are continuing to talk. The other thing with that too, that in the T chapter where we do talk about the outer thoughts, I, one of my things that I'm, I'm forever telling my, my clients is your thoughts are either your greatest God-given superpower or your worst death trap. There is a reason scripture talks about taking your thoughts captive, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not just because like, oh, that's nice. It's because that actually changes your biology. It changes your neurology. It changes your hormones. It releases neuropeptides in your body. Like all these things. It 
it, it changes you. And then in changing, it, it impacts the way that you live your life. It impacts the way you feel about your life. It impacts the way that the actions you take or don't take, all those things. So if you're thinking, I'm a victim, I really loved how you said that, Joseph, about like being a victim. If you think you're a victim to your life, to suffering and what this is just what it is, whatever, that's not from God. He came to set prisoners free. You are not a victim. And if that's where your thought space is, oh, there's some cleaning up and cleaning out that we want to invite you into because God did not create you to be a, to, to be a victim, to be a prisoner. Like that's from Satan. <laughs> like that's not who our father is. You know, he came to set the captives free. And so I think there's an invitation in that with your thoughts to say, wait a second, I get to choose my thoughts. Every thought that comes is actually optional. I get to choose whether to keep that or not. Is your thought bringing good fruit in your life? Because if it's not, that's not from God. You know, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking out loud based on the, the Bible verses you chose to use there. It's like, you know, Jesus reminds us, take every thought captive. Why? Because if you don't, your thoughts will take you captive. 100%. Like, that's the thing. There's this duality, this force pushing on, on each other. And it's like, if you don't enslave your thoughts, BC Nation, hear this. If you don't enslave your thoughts... Your thoughts by default will enslave you. Mm -hmm. This is how you get into the mess. Mm -hmm. We just a... need to capture that right there. I think that needs said one more time. <laughs> if you do not enslave yeah. your thoughts, your thoughts will eventually enslave you. Yeah. This is part of the natural law of the universe that God has allowed in his own great wisdom and design. And you can test this through every season of your life and prove it true. Mm -hmm. Every season. So it's not about, oh, I don't need to do this. Like Maria was saying, you, that's not even a, a choice to have. Like you must lean in and make this decision. Otherwise you're a slave. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. There's no coasting. There's mm -hmm. no like walking around the prison on the outside. You're either in the prison or you're free. That's it. I think we should. Yeah, it's. No. I think it is. I know. Mike So, so that that chapter, the the T chapter, the reflect the life you want, uh, really speaks to what. How do we test our thoughts? How do the, how do we test our thoughts in accordance with the way God intended for us to use our minds? Um, so that's a. That ties it all together. I think those two verses, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, take captive your thoughts and uh, Romans 12 to the renewal of our minds. I really think that guided a lot of what, um, as Maria and I were collaborating on this process, I know it's very powerful for me. Yeah. It's like, okay, as I got more skilled in being self-aware of my thoughts and being more skilled in rewiring my thinking, mm -hmm you know, renewing my mind every day, it got better. I got better and better. It doesn't mean life gets any easier. It doesn't mean the challenges coming our way aren't uh, still challenges. It's just that we are better equipped spiritually, emotionally, um, mentally, and hopefully physically if we're taking care of the, the temple, the Holy Spirit that God gave us, then we will be better equipped to serve and ultimately reflect his glory out into the world. So, um, amen to that. What's next? Come on, we're designing our life here. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we 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 skip past a couple of things, but you know. That's okay. That, that makes them have to go buy the book. So we're definitely That's intentionally right. leaving some out. What's yeah. the what's one more we want to address today? Let's do the gratitude one. Okay. Well, the the first E of the reflect across is each day to reflect on uh, what you're grateful for. So, you know, even when life is challenging, there are still things that we can and we know through uh, neuroscience that you know what we focus on expands. So a reticular activating system was designed in the brain to filter out and keep us safe. But it also is like if we notice something, so if we're truly seeking out the good in others and what we have in our own lives, that's the space we want to be in. Because as these challenges that are out there in our lives that we're trying to make changes on, it's like we need to focus on the gain that we're making mm -hmm. and the good things that already exist. So Marie and I speak in, in terms of the more focused or the more grateful I am, the more grateful I become and the more things come into my life or my awareness to be grateful for. So, but I have to be intentional yes. about seeing the good. I so agree with that. Like if we're not intentional, right? BC nation, what happens? The enemy is whispering in your mind 24 seven is whispering. Look at how you failed. You see how you tripped there? You see how you messed up and we allow that to echo in our mind to the point that we start to repeat it back to ourselves. That's where it becomes poison. That's where we digest the poison, right? When we repeat these things back to ourselves and they become beliefs in us. But here's what God wants us to look at. He wants you to look at the four successful steps of progress you made before you took that fall. Mm -hmm. And now he has so many more ahead. So look at the math of, of the steps of success, successful progression that you're making, not the one time you fell, right? And that's where be grateful for those little successes. If you had a small win today, focus only on the win, even if you had a major fail. Yes. Like just focus on the win so that your mind, it expands it multiplies it through God's power and goes and gets more of it. Don't you want more of it tomorrow? Or do you want more fails? Whichever you focus on intently, you will create more of in your life, period. Maria Etos. Yeah, well, you know, when you're celebrating your successes, then you're getting a dopamine hit in your brain. And your brain wants those dopamine hits, which means you're going to go for more of it, right? And so it, it's awesome because the more that you focus on, heck yes, it's kind of why... Why appreciation goes a long way, right? If you want more of something, appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. Oh my gosh, I love the way you did that. Oh, and, and so the person thinking, oh man, I'm gonna go do more of that. Heck yeah, right? You just gave them that that dopamine hit. And so with, with gratitude, and we've done a lot of research on the gratitude piece because the, the science behind that is so fascinating. The way that it impacts our bodies, the way it impacts our minds. And again, it changes your brain chemistry, right? And one of the stories that we share in the book, um, the, whole, the whole book is full of so many stories of just our personal experiences and the lessons that we learn through those. And one of the stories that I share is I, I had a particular season where it was just a very hard, painful, one thing after another kept going wrong. And, and some pretty big devastating things. And I was driving, it was pouring down rain and I'm just bawling, tears are going mm. down. And and I thought the Lord say, Maria, I want you to thank me for something. And I'm like, I can't thank you for anything. There's nothing good. 
<laughs> right? Because again, what we focus on expands because I'm in my mind, I'm going through this is wrong. This is wrong. This is bad. This is right. And my brain's like, yes, and this and this and this because I'm focusing on it, right? So my reticular activating system is going to confirm all of that. We are God made our brains, right? Versus, and, and the Lord, he was like, okay. He's like, I want you to thank me for the rain because it'll bring flowers. And I was like, thanks for the rain. It'll bring flowers. <laughs> and then I thought the Lord say, okay, now I want you to thank me for the grass that's grown. Thanks for the grass. And, and he takes me through this thing, like little by little, it's like, you know, thank you for different things in nature. And then I was like, thank you that I have a car to drive. And then I was like, thank you for my health. And then I was like, thank you for my, and little by little, as he took me through this exercise, he said, thank you for this and thank you for this and thank you for that. I started feeling happier. I started feeling, oh, wait, I, wait, everything's not terrible. Oh, there's good things too, because now I was using this beautiful gift of my reticular activating system, the way God intended towards the good. You know, there's a reason again, scripture talks about like, you know, what is good and pure and beautiful, all those things, because the more you look for it, your brain will show it to you. It's meant to do that. But the problem is if we don't know that the enemy can also use that against us, that when he offers that thought of, oh, well, look how bad this is. And this is going wrong too, right? And if you go down that rabbit hole, suddenly you start to feel terrible about your life and everything going on versus, oh, wait a second, there's this that's going right. And I have this and oh man, this too, right? So that gratitude piece is absolutely indispensable if you want to live a beautiful intentional life like finding things every day i don't care if it is the coffee you know and, the, and the, that you have in the morning i don't care if it's the sun that's coming through the window you're like oh man i'm glad at least it's sunny out today something that you can start to say wow i'm, I'm thankful for this god thank you for my sixth cup of coffee today I right. <laughs> We're just having fun here, people. Don't take your life so seriously, but get serious about your life. Like, we really got to, and that's the intention of today's show, is for you to get serious about your life, but to stop taking it all so serious. You don't have to figure it out. Mm -mm. on your own. We spoke about coaching and getting a mentor. You don't have to save yourself. And oh, by the way, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Mm -hmm. There's only one savior, as Maria reminded us, you're not him. And your life is not meant to be one perpetual passion, crucifixion mm -hmm. of pain and suffering. You're meant to go through those three stages more than just a season, but stages. First is the crucifixion. This is the dying of self. This is where you lay down your whole life to God and say, I don't want the control anymore. You're in control. Take over. I, 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 this is the Jesus take the wheel song, right? That's what this is. Except like I like to add, Jesus never takes the wheel of a parked vehicle. You have to put it in drive. You have to take action. Okay. And then like, then you go through the tomb experience where nothing's happening. You're pushing, but nothing's happening. Why? Because you're spiritually like, your ego has died. Your pride has been put to death. God's taking over. And now he's working all things out for good in your life. He's bringing the right people. He's moving the right pieces. He's positioning the foundation to build a skyscraper in your life, not just a little wood tool shed, a skyscraper that takes some time, people. 
It takes some time, right? So that's step two. That's the tomb experience. And then finally, we come to what? The resurrection. And what does God tell us that the glory of God is in the Bible? He says the glory of God is a man, a woman, fully alive, fully alive. That means resurrected people, right? So like if you're walking around with your head between your your legs, if you're walking around just like dragging like with your little storm cloud that you somehow roped into following you for the rest of your life, like if this is you, you're not walking in the calling of God. True or true? True that. You know, and and I think if I can just add that, if you are in a season of suffering, because we do go through those, right? And it can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be there here forever. And, and I just want to offer you the encouragement that it's a chapter. It's not the whole book. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, take hope. If you are in that place, of you're in a season of suffering. We all go through them right there. It's been said that we're either it, it, we're in the valley. We're about to go in the valley. We're at the top, you know, like, like that's the process. We're either over here or we're about to, right. But we also get mountaintops. And so if you are in that season of suffering, you won't be there forever. And your brain will try to tell you, this is just what it is. Sorry, you're gonna be here forever, which leads us to despair, which leads us to lose hope. And so I just wanna offer you the thought because I'm pretty sure that the enemy is gonna offer you the other one. You're gonna be there forever. This is just a chapter. It's not the book. Keep hoping, keep stepping. Like I love those three three ways you describe that, Joseph. That's beautiful. Go God, let's go, man. Listen, people, anything that comes out of my mouth that is good that actually like lifts you up inspires you moves you it's not from me it's from god it's from the holy spirit anything that i say that discourages you brings you down or i mess up in my own life that's for me i take full responsibility that's the (laughs) distinction it's very important that we all get this about ourselves okay and then have fun with it okay (laughs) so uh tim what have we left out uh to wrap us up give us a summary without giving away the farm but give us a summary of, uh, you know, the steps and the book and designing or redesigning the life we want, but most importantly, the life that God prepared for us. I think, you know, the way Maria spoke to the fact that we, we share a lot of personal stories. So the way we, we share, sir, and you and I, the first time I was on the show, we, we went somewhere I didn't anticipate going, but, uh, there we were, you know, and, uh, I, I, talked about something very openly. I don't only talk about something, you know, from my past life, but we share these personal stories to set up these concepts of the reflect the life you want. So, and then at the end of each chapter is kind of like questions to prompt you either to journal on or think about is like, you know, if I want to recognize the power to change and make some change in my life, what, where might that be? And then we go through each chapter this way where Maria and I are sharing stories of our life that set up these concepts. And then there's questions that we prompt the reader then to dig into. If I'm going to make significant change in my life, here's a roadmap. Here's seven steps and a way to do it, how to get started. And then if they want to go deeper, like reach out to Maria, if you're a lady, reach out to Tim, if you're a guy, and we can help guide you through this in, in the coaching process that, uh, we help men and women. And, um, you know, these, these things, when I first met Maria and I had written a lot of this concept work before, and then she came alongside me in collaboration and we created what is now the mirror book. And, um, I think just in the journey of that collaboration together, we both grew 
you know, we, we were sharing our life experiences around these ideas. So we were both growing from it. That helps us now as we're helping other people um, to be more clear about how do we do that effectively in their lives, because we're accompanying them along with God, joining us in that process to help men and women design the life that they want to live. Maria, wrap us up. Mm. I think I just want to say, you know, if you're out there, you feel like you can't change your life. You know, you feel stuck. Um, I, I just want you to tell you that that's not from Jesus Christ, that lack of faith, that lack of hope, um, that the Lord wants good things for you. He's a good father and he wants good things for you. And he's inviting you to take a step into becoming more who he created you to be. He created you. You are beautiful. You are wanted. You are seen, known, and loved. And this is an invitation to come step deeper into becoming that person. So we love to hear from you guys. Please reach out to us, you know, get the book, let us know if there's anything we can help with on that, but you're not alone in this journey. And it, just know you, you have a father who wants good things for you. Mm -mm -mm. Let's go. Who's encouraged? I am. I am. Who else? <laughs> who else is encouraged? Come on. We're, we're bringing salt and light into the darkness, people. Okay. We all have darkness in our lives, right? Sprinkle some salt on it. Make it tasty. Okay. Make it tasty and bring some light into it and dispel that darkness. All right. God is the one that will redesign your life. It's his power, but you must grab hold of it, ask for it, and activate it. You mm. must. You must. But it's his power, not ours, that is sufficient. Okay? This is very important. All right. Let's wrap up here. Give a homework assignment to BC Nation, uh, Tim and Maria. One action they must take today. Give us something small that will just move them that one step forward in progress. Well, they can go to the mirrorbook.com and see how the reflect the life you want across is kind of laid out and see if that's something that's in, of interest to them. And then if they wanted to dig deeper, go, uh, you know, they can download the ebook or purchase the book from there. Um, but I, I would just ask each person just to really look at their lives where they're at right now is are, do they feel like they're truly serving, living out their call? And if the answer is no, then how are they going to step into what that call is? Because they're going to need some help, whether it's a set of ideas from a book, such as the mirror book or a coach, they're going to need some help to accompany them in making those changes that they want in their life. Awesome. Maria? I would love to invite y'all to, um, what are you thankful for today? Like, I want you to just find something that you can focus on that you're like, gosh, I thank you, Lord. That's awesome. So go find something to be grateful for. And if you can't find anything, then thank God for listening to this episode. <laughs> because that's something to be thankful for, right? Yeah. All right. We've been speaking with Tim Howard and Maria Spears. They're sharing their heart and they're sharing their lives. They're serving people like you, people like me, and we thank God for them. Uh, so we've been speaking about the mirror book and uh, seven steps to reflect the life you want. 
Uh, if you want more of that or you are interested in the book itself, go to themirabook.com, themirabook.com, and see if that's the right book for this season of your life. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank you all. I want to thank you. I am grateful for you, my audience. I'm grateful for you trying. I'm grateful for you taking on the hard and the difficult in your life. I'm grateful that you're raising beautiful little babies to know, love, and serve God. I'm grateful that you're struggling because because of it, you're growing. I'm grateful for all these things and many more about you as my listener. I mean that. Thank you for allowing me to participate in your life and do this show. Thank you for allowing me to bring on guests like Maria and Tim. So that's just my little gratitude for you today. And uh, if you like this show and you love this show, go say so. Write a, a nice review. Uh, you could do that at Apple Podcasts. You could do it at Stitcher.com or BrokenCatholic.com, BrokenCatholic.com. If we like it, we'll read it on the show. Uh, like I'm going to do for a handle, Kyle G83, Kyle G83, five-star review. Great interview and deep truths on Broken Catholic. I'm new to the show, but have already really appreciated the way Joseph's interviews and the amazing stories shared on the show. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Kyle G83. See, that's gratitude, by the way. A review is you saying, I'm grateful. So go be grateful. Mm -hmm. Write a review. All right, Tim, Maria, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy multiplied, squared in your life. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for having us as guests on your show. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you. For your spouse you just want better communication when you wake up do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things you're not keeping your word in the matter you're letting people down maybe your own spouse or kids do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated which is turning into anger are you battling addictions right now are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? 
Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.